With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I get lost in your words. It feels so good when I'm hurt. Take my mind off of the pain. Love when the beat takes me away with only good music. Oh, 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 with only good music. Something about the things you said stays in my mind. Makes me wanna sit down and listen to you. I listen all night. Melody, the arrangement makes my body go so crazy. A therapy, man, I love beat. It's the way the music comes over me. The emotions I get, I won't fight. Sometimes the music gets you to make you cry, then dry your eyes. You know when the music is away, you can hide life. I get lost in your words, it feels so good When I'm hurt, take my mind off of the pain Love when the beat takes me away with only good music Oh, 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 with only good Please don't stop the music Cologne strum my pain with the fingers I could really use it Quiet storms full of purple rain My Sharia more lovely as a summer day I'll let the whispers follow Marvin Gaye In my headphones till the music starts to fade away I give away my brown sugar for a bit of pop If love really was a bullet, I'd have took the shot Yeah, uh Now would you buy me a drink just to take me home? Put your game in a song just to make me moan. I like my Robin Thick, me alone. A thug album, triple shots, that's the trick. I get lost in your words, it feels so good when I'm hurt. Take my mind off of the pain. Love when the beat takes me away with only good music. Oh,
Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to each and every one of you wherever you are listening in this world. I am back, maybe not at 100%, but I am back. Welcome to another session of the Sunday Morning Inspiration Show with me, C. Maria, a.k.a. The Mediator, and she wrote right here at our ground zero with, of course, me, C. Maria, and friends. We have Sister Brenda's already on the line, and Simon from the U.K. is over in our chat room. Welcome to those of you who I see jumping in on our call query. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let me see here. Hello, guest number three over in our chat room. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are... Logged in as a guest, by the way. Thank you to my dear sister for giving out the call-in information. If you want to join our conversation at any point in time, feel free to either log in under regular screen name in our show chat room. That way you can participate in the text uh, chat session. Or give us a call at that 646 And then press the number one on your phone to let us know that you would like to partake in our discussion today. Now, for many of you, you know that I say you're here, I see you, we see our numbers, our figures, we see that you are here supporting and listening, and for that I want to thank you. And we're here, we've been charged by the great I am, by the universe, to be your guides, to be your teachers, to be that listening ear when you are ready to share and or talk about anything. But to know that you are here with us and you are listening, and many of you over the years, I know that you take notes and you are here. And if you don't know, this is our week for our eighth year anniversary. We will be turning eight years old here at the Healing Through Hurt iTalk Radio Network on February the 9th. So this week is celebratory for us all during the week. But that does not mean that we're going to ease up or let up on telling you what we know that you need to hear. Here, we never tell you what you want to hear. We're going to tell you what you need to hear. We're not going to do the breathing exercises again this week because I am not quite there yet. If I started doing the breathing exercises, uh, I'd probably go into a lovely, lovely coughing session that would not stop. So again, this week, we're going to keep the show moving. For those of you who are vets of the show, of course, you know the drill. If you want to stop and do your breathing exercises, feel free. For others who may be new, who are listening to our replay even, uh, let me show you, tell you a little bit about how our show flows. We will do our salutations, greetings, a few brief announcements, And then we usually go into our breathing exercises, which is our um, stress relief and release session. And then we'll go into our program. There may be moments of silence throughout our session. Prayerfully, it won't be due to any technical difficulties. It will be because I'm giving you that time to digest and reflect upon what has been um, discussed up to that particular moment. So, with that said, we're going to jump right into today's program. This was supposed to have been last week's show, but because 
the universe decided to knock me down a few notches, or maybe it's because I neglected certain signs that I saw uh, that there was an onset issue coming uh, because I have been moving and shaking for so long now that um, I had chalked up some symptoms to other external factors that turned out not to be the case technically. But once again, I'm still here. I could have left this place, but in a week's time, I've come a very long way yet again from a very serious illness. So I want to thank you all for your well wishes and your prayers. Uh, As you can see, I'm not 100%, but hey, I'm here, and um, we're going to keep this moving. So this week, you know, as I said, I promise it to be another very real broadcast. I'm noticing more people living in the moment, all for themselves, though. Let me say that again. I'm noticing so many more people who are living in the moment, all for themselves. I was just talking to my dear sister Brenda in the pre-show for a few moments, and I told her, yeah, I'm starting to see a lot of bad habits that people have dragged right into the new year. No matter how many shows we did last year, how much information and resources we gave, so many people are dragging the same buffoonery and foolishness, heartache and pain right into this brand new year. You've already squandered January. We're into uh, midway, midway of the first week of February And some of you have not gotten any better. So this year, we're going to dedicate this. Remember, this year, our theme is Remember Your Worth. This is all part of our Remember Your Worth series. Last year was Know Thy Worth. This year, I need you to remember your worth. You know, so many of you are... So many of you are... What's the word that I want to look for? So many of you are existing in your own um, world of lifestyles and your legends in your own minds. You're doing all of these things. Today we're speaking about those living their empty lives in illuminated darkness. It's all about living that empty life in illuminated darkness. And so many of you, you think you got the big house, the fancy car, you're hanging out with X, Y, Z, and A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, and that means something to someone. That's nothing. That is nothing in the grand scheme of this thing called life. Your material items are not going to be, you're not going to drive that overpriced car into the pearly gates of heaven. You are not going to take one dime, one penny with you wherever you end up on the other side. Trust me, none of those coins or dollars will be with you on that side. Trust me when I say, If you're having problems, I see that on my side, I can see that we may be having some problems with the chat room already this morning. If you get disconnected, just refresh. It'll bring you back online pretty immediately. Just let it sit, and it'll do it on its own automatically, Uh, or it should. If not, then you can try to refresh it manually. This week's inspiration is Matthew 6-7, and when you pray, 
Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Let me say that again. Then I'm going to bring on Sister Brenda because this is a great topic for today. You ready for this? Let me say it again. Matthew 6, 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. When I bring on Brenda, I'm going to bring her on and then I'm going to go back to our stats. Because some of you are asking me in private messages what word of the countries for this week and all of that. So we're going to go back and let me go get out my notes for that because I do have that. I'm going to bring on my dear sister, welcome her, and then we're going to jump into our program, give you guys a chance to get situated. But for those of you who are interested in last week's listenership by country, and this is in order, um, for the most part, I try to keep them in order. So we have the USA, the United States of America, Canada, the United Kingdom, Cambodia, Brazil, and Australia. That's the United States of America, Canada, the United Kingdom, Cambodia, Brazil, and Australia. Now, you know, there's some people who are probably going to be in our top three or so every single week. Canada is one of them. The United Kingdom has always been one of my biggest support groups since day one. And we're talking about eight years ago. These were some of my biggest supporters even then. And I have had many guests from all over the world, but especially Canadian and um, the U.K. on at some point in time during our eight years. We are about to start having on special guests again. So uh, be on the lookout for that. But those are our top, what did I do today, six countries. And that doesn't mean they're the only countries listening. That means they have the highest listenership for this uh, last week. And our age group... Well, let's put down our gender breakdown. 75.40% female, 24.6% male. And our age range, in order, by the way, 55 to 64. So we're getting through to a whole new group of people, and we're going to speak on that in a few moments. But 35 to 44, 25 to 34, 45 to 54, 65 plus, and, of course, this week, 18 to 24, we're going to have some programs because you all are the beginning. You are absolutely at the uh, beginning. You are the people who will carry on for generations. You are the next generation. You are the youngest generation. So we're going to make sure that we get some programming to reach out to you as well to get those numbers up. So, Okay. Sis, welcome. Good evening. Good evening, huh? Good morning here in the U.S. It's almost evening over where Simon is and some other places of the world, Australia. Um, it may already be Monday in Australia. I'd have to go and check. So, again, sis, are you with us? 
I'm here. I'm in the wing. I'm in your wing. All right. I'm under her wing. <laughs> the wing. Oh, the wing. I the wanted wing. to. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about. Um, I was looking at our age breakdown for the last yeah. week, and our biggest listenership age bracket was 55 to 64, followed by 35 to 44. Mm. Amazing. And 25 to 34. So I wanted to say this because one thing that I've learned over the years, I did um, about two years ago, I had done a community um, affair, a community fair in uh, Anne Arundel County here in Maryland. And um, a lady had walked up and she had walked around. She saw my table a few times. There were several people that had done it. They kept walking past, but I always had people at my booth, and this lady was 90-plus years old. And she had come over. She said, I finally get to talk to you. And I said, okay. And she said, well, you know, I saw the banner, and I like, you know, healing through her. I love the name, and um, you seemed like you had such a kind spirit, and I just wanted to talk a while. And I told her a little bit about who we were and our programs and things like that. And... um She's a very refined lady. Had on, you know, nice, nice um, clothing. Dressed very well. Um, seemed like she was a very kept lady. Uh, and she shared her story of survival and rape and hurt and all of this. And I'm listening to this 90-plus-year-old lady talk to me about all of these things and how they held her back from living. So. Maybe, uh, sis, next week we're going to do a show about that and how so many of these hurts are generational. Matter of fact, next week's show will be called Generational Hurt. How, what do you think about that? Well, the message this morning to me in my meditation prayer with God was just about that. How about that? Well, there you go. Once you again, go. we get our divine Once- approval. And yeah, that's I'm where in the we wing. are. Yeah. But, be- yeah. <laughs> but before we get to that, which is next week's show, be sure you are here for this. Generational hurt. Be sure yeah. you're here for this, people, and get involved. I want to hear from you, male and females, about this because men suffer generational mm-hmm. hurts as well. But this week, as I said, so many of us are bringing the old ragtag trash into this new year. We've already squandered January. Poor January. So many of us are right here. So many of us, we're, we're, we've hooked up with people and we think that we're so in love and people are sitting in the wings who just aren't seeing what everybody else is seeing and so many people can't don't seem to want to understand that. In order for you to know how to what to expect from someone in a relationship, you need to learn how to be by yourself. So some of us, we're going down the wrong path because we did not want to be alone. So once again, we did what? We spoke about it last week. We settled. And when we settle, we get into a bad situation. So we find ourselves the first week of February, we're already in a downward spiral because we're in the same crap that we left in last year with someone else. Now we're doing the same vicious cycle with someone new. So, again, this comes into living an empty life. 
that's full of illuminated darkness. And some people are saying, how can the darkness be illuminated? Well, it's simple. Let's say this, says illuminated darkness. So you're on here talking about the love of your life. Oh, I love him. I love him. We're doing this, and he cooks me meals, and blah, blah, blah. But he's married. You're not. He's in the process. Not progress, but process. Whenever that process is going to move forward to progression, no one knows. So when he's not with you, he's going home to the house that he shares with the significant other or she shares with her significant other. But you're quick to tell people how in love you are. And this, let me see, in the last couple of weeks, maybe eight, nine people that I know are going through the same scenario. And then they get upset and they want people to understand that, uh, it's their lives, and why can't you just be happy? It's not my job to be happy for your relationship. My job is to pray for your happiness and your health. Only you can be happy in that relationship. My job is to pray for your happiness and your health. But so many people are catching attitudes now, and they're attacking the very people who are being cautious for them about putting all of their ducks and all of their eggs in that same basket they just were released from in 2017. Now they're doing it again because we don't know how to be happy alone. That's part of the day's discussion about living that empty life of illuminated darkness. You're putting all this lovely stuff out there. Oh, he's cooking you dinner. He's buying you chocolates. He's going to take you to the hotel for Valentine's Day. That's illuminated darkness because you're living a lie. If your partner is not where you are, which means you're both single, unattached, and available, you don't really have a relationship. That's not a relationship. That's an affair. Am I wrong, sis? I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. But I could be. I think I think you have a hammer in your hand this morning. You nailed it. Yes. Okay. I, 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 yeah, yeah. You're a tough I, love I, I, lady. I'm a tough love point. lady. She is a tough love lady. <laughs> we talked about that last week, that compromise that we've all thought. We've fallen into a compromise. The settling. We 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 can't see anything because we are illuminating the darkness. That's an interesting thing. Yeah. What does that mean? We're putting a spotlight on darkness. We say, oh yeah, there that looks good to me. You see, it's kind of like we're using the light that we have inside of us, and we're illuminating the darkness. We see it. We listen. We lie to ourselves. Oh yeah. You may lie to other people, but you lie to yourself firsthand. How do we get in this position, Marie, where we uh, settle? How how does somebody come to that? Because it's not our truth. It's a lie. So so evidently we've got some kind of lie going on that we're telling ourselves, right? Is that Mm -hmm. that what you're talking about? It's like... uh, uh, I can't find anybody else. This is all I got right now. Actually, it was a 
a country song, Love the One You're With. And uh, that kind of got in our brain. You know, regardless of what you got, love it, baby. I mean, uh, settle. Be satisfied. Be content in your lie. That's kind of like a crazy thing going on, isn't it? Inside each one of us. Oh, yes. And that's the problem here, that so many women, especially in my age group, if you're in that age group where you're older, more seasoned, and you're afraid to be alone, and, oh, I'm all alone. Let me tell you all something. I laid up here by myself, sick as a dog over the week. I had a fever that spiked. As a matter of fact, my poor lips still look like the Sahara Desert. Because my lips are so cracked from a high fever that had me lying here by myself, shivering. I was all types of things. I refused to take any type of man-made medications to put more poison in my body and thinking that that would help me to heal. And let me tell you all something, people. This is what happens when you don't take man-made medications. Am I 100%? No, but I doubt that I would have been had I spent all of that money on the man-made medications too. But my body is healing itself naturally on its own. It's developing its own immunity to this illness that I have. And last week, if you heard that show, you would have thought that I was at death's door. And actually, that wasn't too far from the truth. But once again, the universe was not ready to take me away. So don't talk to me about you're so afraid of being by yourself. You're so some of you are even holding on to your children who are about to become uh, to reach that age of emancipation because you don't want to be alone. Again, it's all about you. It's about your wants. It's about your wants. Notice I didn't say your wants and needs. I said it's about your wants. You don't want to be alone. You don't want to be by yourself. So, so many of us, sis, we decide that it is so much easier for us to make pretend, and social media gives us that platform. I'm concerned about so many people who are out here settling for people and letting people into their private space who don't belong there, especially those who are still attached to others. Because in this day and age, it's those kind, me, quiet others who will attack you, who will come after you. It's those people who you do not want to trust, those people who will come and attack you, attack your children, see where their partner is spending their time and money and not trying to fix the relationship that they are already in that is well-established, whether it's a uh, long-standing dating relationship or whether it's a long-standing marriage. The bottom line is that if it's a marriage, you should never cross that line and start stepping out with married people anyway. That's number one. That's number one. Because when you do that, the same thing that got you to the point of divorce, you're doing it to someone else. And when that happens, and this is for ladies and gentlemen, I don't want anyone to feel as though this is just about um, ladies talking about these men out here who are no good. No, absolutely not. Because, gentlemen, you have some women who are attached to you as well. Some of you, you have low self-esteem too. 
your man egos are all diminished and, and torn apart. And when you think you have a girl who most of your friends will laugh and joke and say, they wouldn't know how you would get that person in a million years. But it helps you to feel better about yourself because you're living that life, that life of illuminated darkness. Or you're living that life of the starstruck lies, whatever the case may be. We need to understand something. In this turmoil, in this country alone, or around the world, we need to understand that we need to invest in ourselves in more ways than one. We need to invest in ourselves and learn how to stop settling. We need to stop becoming the part of someone else's problem just to suit and feed our own personal wants and needs. If I'm that cold at night, and it's been some cold nights, I know how to go and grab another blanket and throw that on that bed until I'm warm again. I don't need to have that beating heart that resides within the snake that slithers into my world and sheds its skin as need be to think that that would mean something. See, I shed my skin, baby. Stay with me while I'm in the process of starting to progress. And you don't think that that partner isn't out there. And if the spouses or the significant others are really that invested into these relationships, some of them are smart enough to hire private detectives. And they're going to see what their partner's up to. And if... You're not seeing this, and you just know what the heartache and pain was to get out of the last relationship because your partner was infidelous and running around on you and cheating in the whole nine yards. Then you hook up with someone else who's 25 steps back. So where are we in all of this? And those of you who are spending all of your money on material items, trying to impress the world that does not care about your material items at all. Because you see, people who have, those who truly have, as in the 1%, they're not sitting around here trying to outdo you. They could care less. They have their own jet. They don't care about your jet. They can afford their jet. It's always people who come into money or people who are trying to be a part of a realm that they don't belong in who spend all of this money on items to try to fit in. These are some of the mistakes that I'm seeing that are coming into the new year, sis. Now, you can tap onto this and tap into this and tell me what you're seeing. I know that with your clients and people who you're talking to, do you see a pattern in what's going on? Did I lose you? Brenda, if your phone is muted, because I'm not hearing you right now, so you can just jump in when you come back, because I'm going to... I'm back. I'm back. I had to run, get some coffee. Okay. Uh, You know, you're you're giving them some tough love, and that's going to hurt. You do know what you're doing. You know, she does know what she's doing. 
Okay, are you aware of what she just said to you? She's talking about healing. Healing is surgery. I call it spiritual surgery. That's what I call it, Marie. Spiritual surgery. Mm -hmm. It's sacred surgery. It goes into that heart of the matter. And she's talking about what's the matter with our world. She's talking about what's the matter that you can't stand by yourself. Because I'm going to tell you one thing, and she's already mentioned it, but I'm going to bring it up just a little bit. You will stand alone at judgment. You will. Nobody's going to be there but you. That's right. All judgment comes down to you. Self-judgment. And, and you know, Marie, let me, let me say, I, I've talked about this on my show. People judge themselves. They do. They don't judge themselves through spirit. They judge themselves through what the world thinks about them. And if the world is, you know, hey, you're a good person, you know, laying on, on uh, that kind of stuff on them, you know. Oh, you're having a relationship with a married man. Oh, that's okay. That's the world. And then you say, yeah, well, the world thinks it's okay. Marie, did you know that? Yep. Mar- Marie, what you just said, that's, all you just said was the world says it's okay to do all this and the world also tells you, don't be alone. Get somebody for whatever reason. And the world says it's okay. The world is lying. How often do you actually recognize the lies? Who is the author of lies? Who runs this world? Marie, we don't bring that up on this show. Who is running this world? That's a good question. Isn't it, Marie? Marie? Yeah, and this is what I always say, Brenda. I always tell people, I said, you know what? I said, you're listening to, you're allowing another human being to dictate to you your worth, your future, heck, your past, your present. The bottom line is that, as you said, the world is telling us these things. The world, whether it be through uh, social media, whether it be through hearsay, um, um, you know, uh, one person talking to another, peer pressure, whatever you want to say, the world is telling us these things. This is why it's so important for us to have people that we are aligned with, who we can lean on, who will give us something other than what society is trying to peddle to us. Oh, my gosh, I'm so surprised that they haven't gone ballistic yet over Valentine's Day. They're running out of time. They have 10 days. And usually by now, they're pumping up Valentine's so much. And this year, I was, I was out maybe two, three weeks ago, and they had put up the displays in um, one of the infamous big box stores. They put up the displays, and they had this large, whatever it was, something. I forgot what it was. It was a large thing. I have one downstairs, a very large stuffed animal. I won mine at a carnival, though, but this was on sale, and the thing was like $99. I'm like, what? No. You know, if you need to buy a $99 stuffed animal that's proved to me that you care for me, first of all, I'm going to be upset that you wasted $99 on a stuffed animal. That's number one. That's not, if you know me, if my partner knows me, he will know. Don't you spend $100 on a stuffed animal. That, hun- that money 
And don't spend $100 on a bouquet of flowers either. Please don't, because they're going to die. Let's put that money to good use. I don't mind us going out. Having a good meal and great conversation is priceless to me. We can make me happy in one sweep and not have a $99 stuffed animal, a $50 box of chocolate, another $75 for flowers. I mean, don't get me wrong, people. If that's what your partner wants to do, that's lovely. But this is me telling my partner, if he knows who I am, that's not going to work for me. That's just wasting money. And me, in this day and age, I like for us to save everything that we can. Uh, so, Marie, Marie, um, we're told we're told to be good stewards of our money. That's not being a good steward of our money. That's in the scripts. Okay, right. Love is not giving something like money and getting that. You know, you know, you're hitting on things that are so real, real. But you see, people don't hear that, and you're exactly right. The world is peddling love. And what kind of love is it they're peddling? It's called conditional love. It's called love. I'm going to give you these flowers, and I, I have been given flowers and all that, too. Oh, yeah. And it was always the motive, the motive behind it. It's kind of like, right. uh, okay, I'm going to give you something materialistic. I'm going to give you flowers and candy and whatever, or whatever you're going to do. But I expect... I've heard this from my partners, okay? I expect you to do something. Is that interesting? When somebody gives you something mm-hmm. like that, they expect you to do something. And, and and you go, okay, what do you want me to do? Well, you know, I want you to do this. For me. And it really carries on. And if that's the motive behind you giving somebody flowers that you're expecting something, that just doesn't work. That's not spiritual. This this show is coming to you from spirit. Now spirit's telling you that you if you're in that mode and you expect to get back something from something you give, you didn't do anything in spirit. That you don't get no points for this people. There's nobody chalking up points for that kind of motive. There's no blessing in it. Isn't that right, Marie? That's right, sis. And people, you need to understand this. Like Brenda said earlier, you know what? In life, we talked about getting to those pearly gates and all of this. And like they said in today's uh, inspiration in Matthew 6, 7. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. And so many of you think that you know, if you buy, you know, let me let me backtrack a little bit and tell you all this about my ex-husband. And some of you have been following me since day one. You've heard the story, but his thing was, if he said he was sorry, and he buy me a nice little shiny gift, then all was forgiven, and his slate was wiped clean in the eyes of God. Let me say that again. He felt as though if he said, "Lord, forgive me for that sin." You know, I've hurt my wife, I've abused her, forgive me for that sin. Well, I've got a clean slate again. He actually believed this for some reason. Now, this is a man that knew the Bible forward and backwards, an educated bum, a college-educated bum. 
thing was, the one thing that I never understood how he had come to that realization was that all he had to do was say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. I'm going to go out and do it again, but I need you to forgive me for the ones I did to harm my wife and my family this week. And then, so when I go into next week and I do it all over again, um, it will be with a clean slate. And he actually used to believe that. His facial change, and he was dead serious, that he thought that all that it took was for him to say, Lord, forgive me. And it, it was all wiped away, just like that. And people, it doesn't work that way. So when you buy those lying flowers, and ladies, those of you been there, done that, I am a survivor. So please, don't th- sit up here on this phone and try to convince me or send me a message telling me, well, you don't understand. It was nice. He bought me a diamond bracelet. And so, if he knocks your head off, and this time when he hits you, he might kill you, what is that diamond bracelet going to do for you? Or the infamous people who've told me, I'll never forget, I did a speaking engagement, and this one woman, she came up to me with her nose turned down. Oh, no. No, my husband, he's educated, and he's this and that. And I told her, I hope she catches one of these shows one day and knows, yes, ma'am, I'm talking about you because you left this type of an impression on my spirit and soul. I told her, I said, okay, well, you're here because obviously he's got a mean streak. Well, yes. Okay. Well, next time he raises his hand or picks up that gun or something, I need you to do this because obviously you, these degrees mean something. I'm sorry. Let's not start with the lower degrees, so don't pick up that AA. You might be able to save yourself with the bachelor's, possibly, perhaps, but I would suggest you run to the wall wherever it is, and you pull. start with the masters. You don't want to start too high up. Pull that masters off the wall and put it up in front of you and see if it's going to stop that bullet. See, this is, comes back to us living those lives of illuminated darkness. Doesn't matter how many degrees these people have. Doesn't matter. A degree is not going to make a bad person a good person. It just makes them a person with a degree. My ex-husband has a degree. He's not paid one penny back on his student loans ever. This man has been lying and, and conning and moving around. The sad part was that when I got the right police records and all of that, it was too late for me. I was already married to the jackass. But the bottom line is that I knew how to get out. And he's still playing that game. I hear him when he's outside and he lives with the neighbor now that he had the uh, affair with. And when people come over, he talks about it's his house and it's his this and his that. His name isn't on anything. And I'm waiting for them to put it on it so the IRS will come and take the house because they loved him so much as a free handyman that they allowed him to do anything. So ladies, gentlemen, when you're this time of year, February 14th is coming. When these people bring you those flowers that they haven't brought you all year long, you only get them that one time. And then, you know, they do have expectations, Brenda. Next thing you know, they're expecting some of you to turn out this e- in the evening. Let them stay at your place 
can't stay at theirs. You stay at, they stay at your place. They get their little feel and rocks off. And then they're off back going to their place the next day. And you're so proud over those flowers and that box of chocolate from Walmart. And, you know, and no no disrespect to Walmart. They have some good chocolates, I guess. But the bottom line is simple. It doesn't take much. But those of you who accept these items, with full expectations of knowing, and you've, you condition yourself to know that you're going to have to give something in return. And for most of you, it's your body at some point during that 24 hours. If you're going All through right. that. Yeah, they're going through it. And I, and I want to say something. We all have a story. Marie just told her story. I have a story. Everybody out there, listen has got a story. Now, instead of just keep telling the same story, she said something at the beginning of the show. You told that story last year, 2017. You told it forever and ever and ever. When are you going to step up? That's right. When are you going to step up and change your story? Because that's up to you. It's up to me. It's up to Marie. You know, Marie may have sounded a little tiny bit I was kind of discerning what she said. Were you listening to Marie? She was very aware of what was going on, and she got out of it. She made a decision. I can't live this way anymore. I know what's going on. Now, are you that awake this morning? Are you living in that illuminated darkness where you can't even see yourself and what you're doing? That's where she's saying you are. If you're living that story and you haven't made a good choice and decision, then you need to talk it out with a person, with another person who really knows the truth. It's called a sounding board. It's somebody who's going to listen to you, tell you the truth. Marie, I said it on my show, people go to people who don't give them that kind of advice that you just gave. That's right. There's people out there that are going to, Oh, they're going to say, oh, it's all right. They give you permission, don't they? And you're looking for permission to do it, aren't you? They come into my show and they say, Brenda, is it all right I'm dating uh, two men at the same time? I had a girl come to me one time who was living with two men at the same time, dating them, she said, who was going to the doctor because she had warts in her vagina told me very plain i said you have what oh and she told me i said what did the doctor say well the doctor said i was having sex with too many people and maybe that was the reason you want to talk about generational curses next week oh yeah we'll get into that but she knew because the doctor even told her that she was doing something that was hurting her physically mentally spiritually, so she calls me. Marie's had those kind of calls. They know what they're doing, right, Marie? They know that they're in the wrong place and doing something they shouldn't be doing. They know it. It's not like they haven't heard this somewhere in their thoughts. They may not hear it from the world, but they know it. I have to feel secure in that that God is speaking to each one of you right now. I'm secure in that. 
It's called conviction of the Holy Spirit, and it's with you right now. Go ahead, Marie. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing is that you all need to understand this. Yeah, this is my time where I get quiet on you because everybody's listening now and they want to know what. See, this is the thing. You go after the people, the infamous feel-good, foo-foo, fluff-fluff gurus, or the inexperienced experts, or those people to tell you. I had a neighbor tell me, oh, I liked your ex-husband. He seemed so nice. I told her, then you take him. I said, and I won't even be mad with you. You take him. Well, you couldn't have tried to save your marriage. And then, you know, don't throw that guilt trip on me. I'm like, uh, yeah, I did everything that I could. He wouldn't go to counseling. He wouldn't do anything. He's a dog. And when I found out the man had nothing to offer, and at some point these foolish people will figure out, unless they're all criminals together. Because long before I even met him, I had a run-in at that particular home where someone had taken my identity and opened up all these phone accounts. And the interesting part was that it was T-Mobile, and T-Mobile contacted me because they said that they felt as though I may be a product of a scam. Oh, they swore up and down. They knew nothing about it. I said, well, it's odd that all of the information comes back to your address. That was years before I met my now ex-husband. And then when he comes along, years after the fact, who does he hook up with? The daughter in the house who happens, who her father said that she tends to resemble me. And so now... You know, this man is living there, making pretend like that's his house, but in essence, he's still a homeless individual shacking up. And they don't even realize he's got all these abandoned vehicles going down the private road leading to their house. I'm pretty sure he's purchased these vehicles and then couldn't pay for them. But because of where their house is situated, no one looking for these vehicles will ever see them unless they come up the hill and go down the hill to see that the cars are sitting on their private property. So again, this could have been something that was put in place prior to long time. I don't know. But again, that comes down to not sitting here every day, looking out my back window, saying, I wonder if he's in there right now. I wonder if he's in. So many of us do that too, Brenda. We tend to dwell and hold on to things that are no longer there that we need to let go of. And I know for a fact, because he made it perfectly clear, that I'm one of the few women or the first one that's never went chasing after him. Because that day when I told him he no longer had a home here, I stopped checking. No, 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 no. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to hear from you. Yes, his family tried to contact me on his behalf, tell me, oh, he misses you, He blah, 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 blah. I'm not trying to hear that. It's a done deal. He, her, her family, they can have it because they're harboring a criminal and a fugitive probably. Who knows? But if they do a simple thing as a Google search to see yep. everything this man has done, it's there. It's there. If they go to the Virginia DPOR right now mm. and they look up his company name and his license, they will see that he lost everything because he took money from a client, didn't do the work. If you all do a web search, you will see just how many places he was in trouble for selling Groupon coupons, didn't do the work, and he sold thousands and thousands of dollars. And didn't perform the work. He stole all of that money 
only gave back a portion when they hunted him down and threatened to put him in jail for a very long time. People are still complaining about him. People are still complaining that the good reviews are done by his lady friend, which anybody in their right frame of mind would know that if people, but again, this comes from people not doing their homework. They will take cheap labor any day. This comes down to living an empty life, people. When we say living an empty life, that means a life where you're living like a sheeple and not people. When you're living blindly, when you're walking around life with your eyes wide shut. Because you don't want to address the real issues. You just want to get things off your plate by whatever means necessary. And something you said earlier, Brenda, that you talked about, it. when is the story going to change? Last year I started to announce that at some point I'm going to stop telling this story. I'm going to move on to a different direction because I am sick to death of sharing that particular part of my life. It comes to a point where, yes, I'm a speaker, I'm a teacher, and in order for me to connect to you I have to share certain parts of my journey. But it comes a time when we have to lay those parts of the journey to rest in order for me to move on to my next level. So that's where we need to understand about living an empty life. Now, you know, some of you may say, well, you said die empty. That's totally different. When you die empty, it's because you have lived a life of service and helping others and doing good for people other than yourselves, that good has come back to you. And when you leave, you have nothing left to give because you have given your absolute best until your dying breath. That's when you, when you want to die empty. But when you're living an empty life, that's a different dynamic. That's when you're walking around living a lie. You're not trying to change. You're settling every single moment of your life. You're settling. You're settling. And just to say, I got somebody in my life. Oh, y'all single. I got somebody in my life. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure that that's what the neighbor's probably saying. She has my ex-husband. But, you know, yeah. How the adage goes, one person's trash is another's treasure. Well, my trash is her trash because he has no pension. He has no real job. He has nothing to go for. The money that he stole is probably what he's impressing her and her family with. He has absolutely nothing. If he lives another 20, 30 years, he won't be, he's almost 60 years old, so he won't have too much time to make any money, to make a real job. He's a criminal. So the bottom line is simple. When that money runs out, he will too. But no, not to worry, because they are so blinded by this man that he has. Now, this is the kicker. Now, I wrote about this last week. I said, I thought it odd that some car would come up 2, 3 in the morning, park in front of my door, and some man comes walking up and getting into it. The man looked just like my ex-husband. I have security cameras on my house because of him and her, basically. Because when you have women who are so blinded by love and lust, they're willing to do anything. I had to invest in a new security system for my home so that I would know what's going on in my absence. Because when we first split, I never had so many flat tires. Um, then my license plates were being stolen off of my vehicles. Um, all types of things were happening. 
and the odds of it not being associated or tracked back to them was slim to none. So I got new security systems, new everything. So he'll leave her house, come up, and get into the car with another woman and drive off. So I guess she thinks that he's leaving in the middle of the night to go where? He's got some construction job he has to do at 2 in the morning, or maybe he's walking out to meet his crew, and he didn't want the truck to be loud. He can be prolific with his storytelling. So again, people, when you are living this type of an empty life, because see, he's at a perfect place until they find him. Because I've already said, and I say on the show because I know that they tend to listen in, if people keep knocking on my door, I'm going to keep sending them to her house, period, because that is where he is. That is where he's being, um, he's being harbored. That's where they need to go to get him. Stop coming to my house. When women come here looking for him, see that house right there, that little street right there, the house that's not complete, that's completed, that's where he lives. So the bottom line is simple. Ladies, gentlemen, we need to stop living an empty life. Our goal is to die empty, not to live empty. There's a difference. Go ahead, Brenda, take it. Well, you know, I'm listening, and I know people are listening because I can kind of feel that they're listening. I have very strong senses in spirit, thank God. And and my spirit is telling me that what happened to me, what happened to you and others, you know, because really we've all been there. I always tell people that kind of like that, you know, uh, the names have changed, the places have changed, but the situation is the same. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes. And it's kind of like that show back way back in early days because I'm 69 years old. And uh, it was the Naked City, and it would it always start that way, you know. They never the the names they changed the name in the story. They changed the places, but it was a true story. And and she's telling y'all a true story. I have a true story too. Mine almost matches hers, but the names have changed, and the places, and the times. You know, it's all changed. And um, recently, after thirty years. After I've been divorced 30 years, I got a phone call from my first husband. I call him my first husband. I'm not one of these ones that X's anybody out. I figure everybody on the planet belongs on the planet. That's that's me. That's my perception. And he calls mm-hmm. me up, and he wants me to do something for him. Now, since we've been divorced for 30 years, he's been married five times. Same kind of situation. Oh, wow. And he's done the lying and the moving around, and he has nothing. He has nothing. <laughs> but but he is living right now using people, and that that's his thing. He's a usurer, and the, we have these people on our planet. An empty life he's living, as uh, Marie says, an empty life. So he calls me at, because he knows me to be a very strong woman now. Of course, he rejects anything that I've learned since, you know, we departed, you know, got away from each other. But the thing is that he wanted something. And you know when you answer the phone and somebody's on there from 30 years ago, they want something. People, wake up, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Will you do this for me? 
You know, I was saying, uh, uh, hello there. You know, where'd you come from? And I tell people all the time, once you're connected to somebody, I don't care if they're evil, bad, good, or whatever, they could show up anytime. So I'm looking at this very positive, well, maybe, or maybe negative or whatever. What What do you want? I want you to go to the high school that we both went to. I said, yes, what am I going to do this for? Because I want you to nominate me for an award they're giving at the high school. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> you want an award? You, no, 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 seriously, she's talking to a spiritual person, and he wants something to make him more proud again. He's into his ego life, and he's very empty, and he needs another award on his wall. Okay? So who does he go to? He figures, well, I can't think of anybody who'd do this for me after all I've done for her. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I was put in a position to have to face this fear coming at me, and it, it is a fear. that it, I don't want any connections with this person. But then again, God says, uh, go ahead. And I'm sure God spoke to you many times when it came to concerning, you know, uh, your life with this man. I have a child with this man. I don't know if you have that connection. Is there a child involved? No. Okay, well, I have that. only a stepchild. Well, it's kind of the it's kind of a bonding situation because our child, you know, we raised together, you know, and that kind of thing. He was adopted, but still, mm-hmm. we're bonded to him. So he, he, he throws that into the mix. Uh, I've been talking to our son, which I knew was a lie from the get-go, because I'm talking. And my son ain't been talking to him, period. You know what I'm saying? So he's telling mm-hmm. lie after lie. That's all that comes out of these best situation people. It's a lie straight from hell. I say it all the time. It's a, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. But I'm listening and I'm being very nice about it. And I said, well, i tell you what. I'll pray about it. I say that to everybody. I say that to everybody. And I mean it, too. Now, of course, he didn't think I meant it. Well, get back to me if you're going to do this for me. So you see how these people come into your life and ask. They want something, and they're lying about what they want. It's all something to to their ego or whatever's going on with them. And they've interrupted your beautiful flow that you have with your own relationship because I live alone. I love living alone, mm-hmm. believe me, because I can work for God better that way. And that's an interesting concept I know to a lot of people out there. I'm a servant of God. I chose that. You choose to serve God. And if anybody comes into that and disrupts it or tries to take it away from me, it's a gold, it's a gift for me. Marie has the same gift in her. She doesn't want outside influences or people that don't respect that. And respect right. and honor is something that everybody, if, you, if, you, if you're compromising, you're not getting the respect. You're going to say it. You're, you're going to notice that right up straight. You're going to say, hey, listen, you're not respecting me. You don't appreciate me. If you're saying that to somebody, you've compromised. You're not getting it because you don't give it to yourself. Now, 
I made sure when I called him, called him back, I said, listen, what exactly do you want me to do for you? And he said, I want you to go to the high school. I want you to nominate me. And I said, well, no one else is nominating you? Oh, no. I couldn't get anybody. What does that say, people? (laughs) He couldn't get anybody to nominate him. So he thought of me. I'm sure I was his last pick, you know. (laughs) He hadn't (laughs) called in 30 years. So, you know, how weird is this? And I, so I told him, I said, I'll do it for you. Because after I prayed about it, God says, go ahead. Go ahead. And I said, why, God? He said, because this is the end of this. Once he gets that, he'll never ask you for anything else. And I said, uh, uh what does that mean, God? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> he'll never ask me for anything else. But see, God knew that that was going to be the end of him ever communicating with me or my son, which it was. It was like, okay, so is this over? Oh, yes, God said, you're clear to go. Because, see, God had a plan that we don't know about, Marie. And the plan Mm -hmm. was feed his ego one last time, Brenda, because you had fed it for 22 years. That was a lot of feeding there, you see. And, Brenda, did you learn something from all that time you built up his ego? Did you learn something? Well, prove it. Prove it to me that you can release it, that you can go in and heal yourself and do that final ego boost. People, listen to me. He couldn't go to the ceremony by himself. Oh, my gosh. What? He came and picked me up at my front door where I lived. There was such a coldness, people, such a darkness that I had illuminated. I was there. He didn't even know I was in the car, Marie. Okay? Mm -hmm. And I took videos of him getting his reward. Oh, yes. And I walked around in the crowd. And I talked to people, and everybody saw the shining example of a wonderful woman who would nominate her ex-husband. How strange is that one, Marie? Strange, isn't it? Wow. Uh, Yeah. How could she lift him so high? Because, honey, once you lift him high, they fall off the pedestal. And he did. He's falling right now. Because God said, Brenda, give him something that's spiritual. Well, yeah, it was coming from me. It was coming from God because I told him God said, go ahead and do it. He knew where the blessing was coming from. Like when I meet a homeless person and they ask me for money on the street, I'll reach in my pocket. I said, I just want to tell you one thing. That came from God. I make a point of that. You're taking money from a person on Social Security, so any extra money that I have, all my money is God's money. So you're taking God's money. They give me some looks, Marie. When you give something that you have gotten a blessing from God to somebody else, took me a lot of courage to go out there and stand by that man while he was getting a reward for something he really didn't deserve, people. Okay, 
Not really. Not really. Not in the real sense. I could go further into this, but I'm just saying here. You lift your brothers and sisters up. You lift your enemies up. You love them to the point they get ill. They can't believe it that someone loves them because they're so evil and empty. I am done on this, Marie. Go for it. And let me just pull up the rear on this and and let me put a different spin on that, people. The very last thing that you said about lifting up our enemies. I did a show called Thank You, Enemy. And people like, why? Oh, for crying out loud, I didn't get such an outpour. I said, this is me. This is C. Maria. I said, once again, while you are busy jumping on me without even knowing what the subject actually consists of, didn't know, didn't read the description, didn't do anything. I just started getting the nasty grams. Let me tell you all this. When you lift up your enemy, for me, as I said earlier, my biggest thing that I could do with my, the man who I was married to, okay, I'll do like, I'll follow Brenda's lead and say husband number two. Because, yeah, I didn't put up with the crap from husband number one. Certainly wasn't putting up with the crap from number two. So anyway, number one was a learning lesson. And when things started to go south and sour and number two, that's when you take your lesson learned from the experience prior and you put it to good use. So my thing with him and several people, family members and everyone, is to kill him with my absence. You notice that whenever I speak, I don't give you all the name of his company and his name and this and that, blah, blah, blah. I said it before that my name was Smith, but that's so common. It'll take you a while to figure out which Smith it was. So, again, welcome to the guests jumping in our call query, by the way. Thank you for being here. If you'd like to join in our discussion, press the number one on your phone. If not, sit back and enjoy the conversation. Oh, and over in the show chat room, Simon says, what a surprise. Um, which part are you speaking about, Simon, is what a surprise. Um, um, if you can uh, tell me which part of the conversation you're speaking in reference to, uh, we can probably um, do some response back on that. Um, but again, you don't have to. Go that length. Brenda took it to a whole new level by nominating this man for an award and doing all of this. And then, of course, he was on top of his game for that one second. And see, that goes back to what I said about my husband making pretend like the neighbor's house is his, like her parents' house is his. My walls were leaking and my this and my that. And he hasn't paid a penny towards a mortgage, I'm sure. Oh, he's given a little bit of money here and there and then does some some. Um, you know, some home improvement for them, and it makes it all better. He's still homeless, shacking up with another family. But the bottom line is simple, that I don't talk to him. I talk about my experience in dealing with him because I do believe that more of us who have been down this road of abuse, neglect, rape, um, all of those things, we need to talk it out of our system until it's gone. 
And that's not only these types of situations. If you're going through things with family, coworkers, friends, you need to find someone to talk to. And I would suggest that so many of you don't go within your circle. Go somewhere far and wide where it's someone who does not know your circle, someone who's not an inexperienced expert, because the minute that you tick off that person who you have confided in, guess what they're going to do? Because they want to hurt you terribly. Next thing you know, your business, their version of it is going to be everywhere. It's probably already out there anyway. I've learned in life never to speak anything that I don't expect to hear in some form again. Never speak anything that you don't expect to hear in some form again. There are very few people who are ultimate sinners out here who keep your secrets to themselves. Those people are few and far apart. There are people, if I started to talk today, so many people would not like each other. And I'm tired of being a sin eater, so I tend to shy away from people when they want to start pouring out all of the dirt on everyone else but themselves. And there are some people where I know that they've lied to me. I know that they've lied to me. I know that they have lied to me while they're talking about the faults of everyone else. They never tell me or admit to the lies that they've told me, that they have done, dirt that they have done to me. And I know these things. So I sit back and I listen. You know why? Because that's part of me living a fulfilled life. Sometimes it's not even worth it to tell liars that you know that they're lying because they still won't admit to it. So why even waste your time? You just know how to handle those people. You don't have to tell them how you're handling them or why you're handling them or dealing with them in a certain way. Deep down inside, they already know. So again, yeah, kill them with kindness. Kill them with kindness. Let me say it again. Kill them with kindness. Let me go over here because... Oh, that's that's you writing. Um, He said, I was the only one who believed in him. That's why. I was blind. What would you write, Brenda? I was blind when, when I lived with him. He controlled me, and I allowed it. Yes, I did kill him with kindness. Exactly. Exactly. It's so sad that... um, I don't know if this is going to affect the chat room, but the actual over here in my studio, I'm going to reset the chat room because I don't see it over here in the studio the way that it should. Things are coming up very slowly. There we go. Now it's up and running again. But again, I need you all to understand something. Living an empty life will leave you full of regret on your dying bed. Let me say that again. Living an empty life will leave you full of regret. Full of Uh, regret. Marie, I, I totally agree. And I think when I did the prayer to God, I was really hearing that I would regret the conviction came in me. Brenda, you're going to regret not doing this. I did get that, the message from God. And, Brenda, you don't mm-hmm. want to live with regrets. 
Now, if this is all it takes to remove him and to release him from your life, go ahead and do it. Kill him with the kindness. You see how that worked? You're exactly correct. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I have no regrets. So the next, uh, after after the second, after I went, he got the award, I went with him, he called me, he said they were having a dinner a couple months after that. And I said, okay. And he said, I'm coming to pick you up. So I went to the dinner with him. He drove in his, I was in his car. And when we were sitting in the car, he started in and telling me how, he started controlling my life. I could feel his control coming on me again. Because he thought he had, done, he, he thought he had allowed me to do something for him, so therefore he expected more from me. You see, you see how it goes on and on. So as I was sitting in the car, God says, "Get out of the car, dust your feet off right now, Brenda, and leave." Well, I, I okay, God, but uh, I don't have my car. He said, "I don't care what you don't have, Brenda. You get out of that car now." I said, okay, so I got out of the car. It was pouring down raining. And instead of going with him into the into the dinner, I went into the church. It was in a church. And someone was in the church, and I didn't have a cell phone. I said, will you please call me a, a taxi cab? And the lady's looking at me and says, what's going on? I said, it's an emergency. I have to go home right now. And she called a cab. So I'm I'm calling the cab. The cab comes pouring down rain, and he's walking right by the cab, and he didn't see me, just like he didn't see me in the car. And God kept telling me, that's right, he didn't see you. I protected you. Y'all, this is a true story. I've never told it on the airways. Thank you, Marie. Sis, you're welcome. I mean, that's what these shows are about. It's about us releasing. And again, I said, speak it until you can't speak it anymore. And if this was your first time sharing that, then this was the time that you needed to share that, to let that go. And that shows your vulnerable side. And I'm sure some people are probably thinking, well, why would she even go out to him? She already did that. She gave him this. She she put him in for some award. And then, you see, you know, a lot of people, this is what they do. Because they need justifications for their actions and staying where they are. So they'll take the whole other issue out of what you said They'll they'll listen to what you said, and then they'll hear, well, she said that she did X, Y, Z. And um, so first she gave him the award, and then she went out on a date with him. Now, you know, here's how their minds think. She went out on a date with him, so she must have wanted him back, and blah, blah, blah. Now, I need you to come back in and clarify that for the people, because you know what I'm saying. Because yes, when they are living that life and they need that justification for their bad decision-making, they will take that and say, well, you're the one that went out on a date with him. Why were you out on mm-hmm. a date with him? But yet you say you didn't want him and blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to turn it back over to you, sis, oh, so that, that you can explain the dynamics was, behind that. There were dynamics. You're exactly correct. Yes, it was a follow-through. I'm going to say this to people. This was not a date in my mind. I had no intentions of getting back with this man. That was not my intentions. My intentions were led by God. It, to me, 
I had separated anything of that in my thoughts. My thoughts were not involved with uh, getting him back. My emotions were, what would God want me to do? I used to wear a bracelet. I was on a talk show one time. I had my own talk show one time at a Christian station. And a man came in one day and gave me a bracelet. And I still have it to this day. What would Jesus do? I wore that. I still have it in my jewelry box. But I remember always wearing that bracelet this man gave me. So what would Jesus do was always in the back of my mind. When I'm faced with a situation that I feel I don't have control, I say to myself, what would Jesus do in this circumstance? And Jesus in my heart would tell me, okay, Brenda, you don't want to do this. I know that. But you're a servant of God, and you are a representative of God. Your vessel is available. You made yourself available. And as long as I make myself available, there are many things I don't want to do. And I do not understand any of this myself right now. I'm just describing you exactly how Spirit's telling me to describe it to you. God put it in my heart. What does that mean to you? To to give him what he wanted, to give him what he thought he needed, his his wonderful pictures plastered all over the school and in everything, and him being elevated was God's plan, not Brenda's plan. No, no, never my plan to do this. I released that to God to take control of his plan, his will. When people say, I want to follow God's will, that's what that means. And it was God's will, but he didn't keep me in it. Oh, no. At that last minute when I was in that car, I could have just went through the situation, but God said, no, get out. God will pull you out. He helps you to escape. He helped me escape when we were married. He helped me in so many ways. And when I talk when I talk to other people who have had that same thing come up, Brenda, I got out with my life. I got out with my child. I woke my child up that night when he said, do not go to sleep, Brenda. I have a gun, and you will not wake up. Those were my words to leave him. That's right. They're real words. I went into my nine-year-old son's bedroom and said, the house is on fire. I took him out. We went out. It goes on and on, people. I've never told this on the air. Whatever you're faced with, God will come to you in that moment. Listen to him. I don't want this situation in my life. This is why God helped me work through it. God will help you work through it. Face it. Recognize it. Become aware that God is with you every second, every moment of your breathing in your life. Marie. I want to, um, because I can see that, I can feel the passion in your voice, and I can feel the emotion swelling up within you today. And I want to add this, that, you know, God will put us in uncomfortable places and situations so that we become comfortable with the decisions 
that we have to make to move forward in our journey of living and healing. Let me say that again. God will put us in uncomfortable places and situations so that we become comfortable with the hard decisions that we have to make. When we make that decision to move on, to get out of that bad situation, we have to be comfortable with that because if we're not, guess what? We're going to be pulled back into that abyss. We're going to be pulled back. So we need to become comfortable with what we're saying and what we're doing. This is your first time sharing this part of your journey. This is your first time sharing this pain. This is your first time sharing that tragedy. This is your first time moving into your triumph from that story. And I don't know what it is about me. I don't know about anything. You had come to this show weeks ago, and you've been here ever since this. And in this journey that we're walking together, the one thing that I always tell people, the journey is so much better when you have people to walk with you. I'm walking with you, sis. I know that I'm evolving. I know that coming back from the brink yet again with another major illness, I know that coming back from that brink, I'm evolving I'm changing again, people, and I'm scared to death as much as I am excited because I can feel it within me that I'm becoming someone new, but I'm becoming the person that I have to be in order for me to make it through this next leg of my journey. You know, when you get up into our age groups, we know that we're on the downside of everything. And it was so funny that... um, I was talking to a coworker last week. I only had gone in two days last uh, week to work. And um, had I not gone in, you know, and fixed our systems, uh, they'd still be without running, working, at least one working system. I find it so amazing that so many people get paid all the big bucks, don't know how to fix their own systems and their infrastructure, but and nobody cares. But... Um, as long as it helped my coworker, maybe helped to make her day a little bit easier, it was fine. But, um, and that's not even part of my job. I don't do front office, but I like a tightly run ship. But again, so I, I went in and I braved that and I went in and took care of some things at work. And and then I, I in the last couple of days, as I felt myself getting better, um, I knew, I knew when I got up yesterday morning that I was changing and that, again, I had to look at life like I did when I died in 2013 and the great I am sent me back because I had a task that was not finished. This time around, you know, I cannot say that I was to that point where I was at death's door where I literally did go, but I was close. I could have at any moment. Because in hindsight, the infamous 2020 thing, to know that I started having problems weeks ago, and I just thought that it was due to external environmental things and all of that, and and it got progressively worse, and my headaches got worse, and everything at worse. I had no idea that I had 
a life-threatening infection that had swelling in my brain. I'd had all types of things going on. The infection was moving to my lungs. My lungs had filled with mucus and fluid. I could no longer breathe on my own. The only reason why I started to breathe even semi-so was the fact that last Saturday, it started Friday evening, last Friday by Saturday, out of 24 hours, 23 hours and 58 minutes, I think that I was coughing up my lungs all day Saturday and good portion of Sunday. And um, I had to seek some some guidance to see what's going on with me and what what, what is this. Now I feel totally different. And I noticed that my pupils had become fixated. They weren't dilating. They weren't moving. And it turned out that because of the swelling, the infection and all of that, it affected my sight. And I just adapted. I kept going. So people, life is too short to live an empty life. Life is so short in the blink of an eye in the grand scheme of things to look back on my life and know how many times that I was taken away from here and sent back. Even as a child, the story that my mother would tell was that I had fallen unconscious and I stopped breathing and they had to resuscitate me and blah, 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 and I came back different. Because, you know, dear old mom, she's still determined to make people believe that I'm this changed, monstrous person but I am who I am. You either believe one story from one person or you don't. And then you said something earlier, Brenda, about um, when they try to control you and do all of this. You know, I have a similar story where I have shared my, you know, I always tell people that I put up paintings of my latest artwork, and it's up on the show's website, um, and I had shared my um my online uh, web boutique, my art gallery with someone. And that person proceeded to tell me, give me a list of people that I needed to send my website to. You need to send this to them. Of course, so-and-so is out of town, but they'll see it when they get back. And you need to do this. Now, these are people who I had removed myself from the li- their lives for a reason. And I just got silent. And I said, yeah, I'm not doing that. You know, if you want to share my boutique, feel free. But I don't want to share anything and let that person think that they now had control in my life again. That was number one. But number two, to have all of these people I had removed myself from start to contact me to tell me how nice my artwork is. If they're not purchasing it, I don't need them to tell me how nice it is. And I don't want to chit-chat with any of them. I removed myself for a reason because I needed to continue on my healing journey. And I, too, went to God, and I said, God, no. I said, if you want me to do it, that's one thing. But naturally, he didn't want me to do that because that person would have known that they had their end again. They would have been in control again, and that was not meant to happen. God does not mean for me to go backwards. So, I think think that's really important. Yeah, it is. Because people will, you know, if they hear your story or, like, they look at your pictures on your website – uh, I had called my prayer sister uh, before I even, you know, I was praying about it and everything, and so I wanted to get some feedback. Should I do mm-hmm. this particular thing? God's telling me to nominate him. And 
my prayer sister said, did you pray about it? And I said, yeah, I did. Well, she said, well, uh, Brenda, uh, it's not going to go away if you help him. I mean, she kind of had an insight on it, too. And I said, well, yeah, you're exactly correct because, I mean, he hadn't showed up in 30 years, and she's had conditions like that, too. And she turned people down. You know, I mean, she had exes that she said, I'm not going to do anything for you. And and she was living with that regret. And and I heard that. I heard that. I said, well, what do you mean um, uh, you didn't do anything for them, uh, you didn't talk to them, and you hung up the phone, and you had voided, you, you took texts, and you didn't, you didn't answer them back, and, and, and it goes on and on? She said, yeah, it's still going on. You see, I heard that, too. I didn't want it to go on and on. His begging, his pleading, his uh, his remorse of his life was not there. He didn't regret anything he did to me. He never said he was sorry. Uh, I didn't want to hear any of that. I, I just said, okay, this is what he wants, God. God says, give it to him. And and I told her, I said, well, after I talked to her, I said, you know, I, I took care of it. She said, what did you do? I said, oh, I just took care of it. I nominated him. She was so shocked. But that changed her life. (laughs) You see? She Mm -hmm. got rid of hers with kindness, too. And now she's clear. So she's, Marie's right. When we share something, when we overcome in spirit, we give the courage and the braveness to our brothers and sisters. That's the uplifting Marie has told you a story. I've told you a story. You have a story. And she's right. Did you feel a change coming in your spirit like Marie did and like I did? We all felt it. We are evolving, going forward from the present moment on, not going backwards. I already dealt with my stuff. Have you dealt with yours? Good question. Marie. Exactly. So today we talked about we need to stop living that empty life full of illuminated darkness, thinking that we're walking in the sunshine. We're not. Illuminated darkness is just that. It's a facade. It's not real. You can have all the bells and whistles and all the shine you want. Even cubic zirconia can shine brightly. Still doesn't make it a diamond. I'm just saying. So we need to understand. We need to go back to putting ourselves first, taking the things, knowing what the important things are in life, who the important people are in our lives. Until we can do that, And then until we learn how to make ourselves happy with what we have, where we are. You see, so many of us, we continually try to add to everything, thinking that that's what we need to make our lives happy, to make our lives joyful, to make us content. When I lost everything and I was left with nothing but my faith, forgiveness, and one, two, three, four cents, and now I'm rebuilding my career and everything again. I have more money in the bank now than I kept in the bank when I was on top of my game. 
These are the types of things that I need you all to understand. Welcome, guests. We have about 25 minutes. Welcome. I see new people jumping on our call query. If you have a question or a comment for today's program, press the number one on your phone, and I'll bring you on air. Thank you so much for joining in. I see a lot of people are jumping on now. Um, We have about 25 minutes left in our program, and today we're talking about living empty lives, those lives of illuminated darkness where we are trying to convince everyone else that what we're doing, including ourselves, is where we need to be, knowing that where we are is not a healthy place for us. So again, we have just given different facets of living that empty life and different ways that we can go about changing that. When we kill our abusers, the people who've harmed and hurt us with kindness, there's several ways for me. I remove myself. I remove myself because if I stay, it will not be pretty. They will see that side of me that I like to call Ty, aka the illness, because Ty doesn't care. Ty will just come down off of that proverbial, you know, place where we're so righteous and we try to do the good things, Ty will come down to that level and let people know by whatever means necessary. Then tell them to have a blessed day and going on with living. So again, when you are at that place, if you are at that place where you're still trying to convince yourself that you're happy when you're not, or that you need X, Y, Z, and all of this to prove to humans that you're worthy or that you belong, you're living an empty life. Brenda shared part of her life for the very first time today on this program. This, our eighth anniversary week, on February the 9th, we're turning eight years old. And this show has come a long way, or Healing Through Hurt iTalk Radio Network has come a long way. The Sunday morning inspiration, I shut it down for a while, and then I brought it back again. Um, Right now, we don't do the Saturday morning motivation show that airs at 9 a.m. on Saturday mornings when it starts up again. Um, And then we're bringing back Healing Through Hurt, which is a Saturday evening program. And that's the mother of all programs. If you have a question, a comment, or something on your spirit or soul that you'd like for us to touch on for these last 20 minutes or so, press the number one on your phone, and we can bring you on that. You don't have to give your name. Just ask your question or give your comment, and Brenda and I will be sure to give you some feedback. And for those of you, if you ever need us, the main number is 202-618-2556. If you'd like to reach Brenda, um, I'll let her give out some contact information. But our number is 202-618-2556. You can always call us, and we will put you in touch with her Um, again. But we love having you here. We love the fact that there's so many people today. We have area codes from 415-443-202. Brenda's area code, of course, 804. We're we're all over the place today. And I want, and some numbers, of course, you're Skyping in. So, again, um, 
don't know where you're from, but of course, welcome to all of you. We want you to know that we're here for you. This is why we do these programs. This is why last week we did that 30-minute show. I was sick as a dog on death's door, literally. And I'm back here with you. I'm not 100%, but guess what? I was not going to let another Sunday go by without us having this time together. This is what's called when you're leaving a full life, when you're living a full life, this is what you do. You don't even allow illness to hold you back. Because you notice when you're sick, a lot of times when you get up and you start moving, you start to feel better. But so many of us, we use that, we allow that sickness, we use it as an excuse to be still. And when you're still, you know anything about being still. Things tend to come down on you. Your organs aren't working well, as well as they should. Everything is, is slowing down on you. It's holding things back. And the day I'll be venturing out for the first time since I got ill, since I had returned home, actually. I returned home on um, Thursday evening. So if, this will be my first time venturing out today uh, to see how I uh, fare back out in public, but again, I'm still rather slow and moving along, but again, today has been a wonderful day. Brenda, do you have any closing thoughts for everyone uh, before we go? We have about 20 minutes, so uh, I'll turn the mic over to you for some closing thoughts, and of course, then I'll bring it all together, and um, we just we'll want be closing to thank, out our show soon. We want to be grateful. We want to thank God that Sister Marie's back on her game. Because let me tell you, people, the world's game is going on and on, talking about how the flu is taking this person, that person, all persons. And I have written many things about this, and, and I know what she said also, that uh, not pumping yourself full of medicines and over-medicating. The world tends to lie about a lot of things, and I'm, I have my opinions, and I know that she has hers. We all have our own beliefs about how to get well. But i got to tell you one little thing here about wellness, because wellness is very important. And wellness comes from the spirit. The spirit overcomes the physical. And I don't know if anybody's been told that lately, that you, inside you, is the, is the spirit of God. Is It's within and basically what you do is when you go, and she said, talked about stillness. When you're laying, and I've been in the hospital, people. Oh, yeah, I can tell you that. I'm I'm human, and uh, I've been in the hospital. And I took that time, and you do take that time, to go inward. And God prepares you to overcome through spirit. Doctors see miracles every day, every day. And Marie had a miracle, really, because she was at her death door, is where she placed it, you know. And we've all been there at death's door and been faced with a situation in our family and outside of ourselves, too. We've all prayed. And that's why we pray. People say, Brenda, do you pray? Oh, yes. I pray about everything. If you look at, if you're look, if I'm in the back of the elevator here at my building, I live in an elderly building with a lot of seniors, and somebody gets on the elevator and needs prayer, or somebody comes to me and says, I need prayer, right then, I don't say, no, I'm going to pray and come back. No, I'll pray for you. I don't know how to pray for nobody. 
That's a show in itself, like we talked about. I think I talked to you about that, Marie. I asked people, what do you want me to pray for? What do, what is What is it that you need prayer for? And I know you're sitting there right now thinking you do need some pray for something. You need somebody to agree with you. You need to, somebody to step up and listen to you and pray with you. Marie can do that. I can do that. I'm sure Marie does it every day if somebody comes to her. Remember we talked about that, Marie? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Knowing exactly how to pray. I'm not going to say, hey, pay people, I, I know what to pray for for you until you ask me. You ask me, and I and you ask Marie for something. She's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna pay attention to that. She's gonna listen to that, and then she's gonna offer some prayer for that thing. And that's important. And uh, I, I, I love you all for coming in. I, and I'm here. Marie, Marie didn't tell me to come here. Now maybe y'all don't know that. God told me to come here. Marie didn't. Marie didn't call me up and invite me on a show. She didn't even call me this morning and say, Brenda, are you going to be on the show? She's not controlling this show. Y'all think so? I don't know, Marie. <laughs> Come on, you guys. <laughs> Is this funny, Marie? I don't know, Marie. I've never been in her physical presence. I have never checked her. I've watched, looked at her website. I kind of know something about her. But I don't know this girl, this woman. I don't know either about her past. The first time I've heard about it was today, and the first time she's heard about me. We don't know each other. Have y'all got that yet? She doesn't know people that are on that line right now. She doesn't know people that are in that chat room. You're here because God sent you here, right? Or do you know that? Get, get, get. We got it now, Marie. Do they know that they're there because God sent them there? I don't know. It's crazy. I love life, people. I'll see y'all next week. And Marie loves life, and she's yes. going to be here next week, too. Go, Marie. Yes. And I tell you all, Brenda made a perfect point. From day one, I said, um, I said, we've never met. I said, first-time callers. But I tell you something, people. When you're living a full life, of authenticity authenticity and transparency or well, authentically and transparent oh my goodness it's snowing outside <laughs> i was just looked up at the window and i see it's snowing outside i'm like oh dear but okay so when you're living that type of life you never know who may cross your path you never know who may cross your path. This lady called in a couple weeks ago, and she's been a regular on this show ever since. It's gone from C. Maria to C. Maria and Friends. We have Simon in the U.K. Simon chimed in, what, a couple months ago now, I think, Simon? And Simon has been here ever since. We are forming a bond Divine timing, the universe put us together for a reason. If it's nothing more than I'm so used to coming on social media and, and looking at Simon when he puts his, his end of the day pictures up, whether it's a sunset or a moonshot or whatever it is, 
I look forward to seeing that. Have we ever met in a physical? No. He lives in the United Kingdom. I'm here in the United States of America, over here on the East Coast. And Brenda's in a different state from me. I believe we're both East Coast, but we've never met. Our paths have never crossed in the real. So don't think that just because this is electronic means that real people are not here and we're not connecting each and every day because we are. This is something that we develop a friendship. We develop a a bond for something as simple as coming together to chat for a while, whether it be 15 or 30 minutes or an hour or two. This is what we do. This is how we come together. I welcome anyone to join our family. We're no longer just a bunch of people coming online. And she's right. I don't call and say, hey, you're going to be on the show today? Because I've said it from day one that this show is not scripted. We start it. Whatever happens, happens. I never know who's going to call in We have had it where so many interesting people have just up and found the program. And before we go, let me share this. A lady called eh, maybe a year or so ago. I believe her, I want to say her name was Kathy. And she lived in California. And um, she said, you know, I heard this show about a year or so prior. And I've been looking for it ever since. And it was late in the year. And um, I thought, okay, she said she heard it around the beginning of the year, around this time, I guess. And um, she said, I've been looking for this show ever since. She said, I remembered your voice, and oh, my gosh, I found this show, and I have to tell my daughter. And I said, okay, wow. Well, as it turns out, she she was not looking for the show from the beginning of the year that we were in. She had been looking for the show from the year prior to that. So she had spent almost two years trying to figure out the name of the program that she had heard, and she kept at it until she had found us again. And people want to know, well, why are you so popular? I don't know. Maybe it's because we keep it very real on this show, and we talk about real-life experiences, and it's really snowing outside right now, people. It's like blizzard conditions. So that's going to put a hamper on me going out. But, um, yeah, we have blizzard conditions going on right now. But I want you all to understand something. We need to come together as a people. It's not about our social economic group. You can be a millionaire, and we have had some on this program. The bottom line is simple. It's that if you have a good heart and a story to tell and you want to get involved and you want to um, support in any way, because all of this, this is run by the Wall Foundation Incorporated, which is an IRS-approved and recognized tax-exempt 501c3 nonprofit. We need your help. We need your support, no matter what it is. If you're a celebrity and you want to come on here and you want to give us some insights on how to make life better or Tell us how you live, being in the spotlight all the time. I love when I have guests that come on like that. Um, 
Dee Wallace. You all may know her as the mom from E.T., or she plays in a lot of horror movies, The Howlings, things like that. Um, she was on, and she was going through something the week that she happened to have been on this program. And um, she's the nicest person in the world that you'd ever want to meet. She was just such a wonderful, wonderful person to sit down and chat with for a while. I don't like to say interview and all of that. I love to say to chat with and do um, those things and how. I always tell people when their PR reps send me their questions and all of this, I tell them, no, no, I don't do questions. You send the same questions to every talk show. I want to get to know this person. I want us to talk like we're friends. And guess what? In many cases, after it's over, we are friends. They come as a guest, but they leave as friends. So I have all types of people who support and pray for me and encourage us to keep us going. Um, Right now I see the snow is falling. We're in our warmth for the winter drive. You want to learn more about us, visit our website, thewallfoundationinc.org, or mine, www.cmariawall.com. I really do need to update mine, I guess, but I'm on here so often that you all learn more about me from just listening to the programs. But again, each of our sites, they have contact forms. Reach out. Let me know that you were here today. Let me know that you were listening. Let us know what's on your mind. If you want to get involved, please let me know. It's my hope this time around I was sent back for a reason, and I want to touch as many people throughout the world as I can. And I don't think I've done too badly so far, but as my time is coming to another head to end this school year and start my final school year. My time is still not my own, but I'm looking forward to the prize at the end of the rainbow. So 2019 will be my year, and um, we'll be going into a new phase. I want to connect with people and start new programs and get some more programs going for self-esteem and self-worth and get us out there. We can talk to one another and know that, hey, I don't have to be in your neck of the woods to be your listening ear and your rock. That's what this program is about, people. That's why we do these programs. That's why we're here week after week when I'm sick as a dog. And if you listen to last week's show, you all will see a big difference between this week and how I was feeling last week. No, I'm not 100%. No, I can't still burst into laughter without coughing my lungs out probably. I'm better now. I can probably do it now with some, some help, but hey, I'm getting along, and I'm coming along, and I thank each and every one of you for all of your words of kindness. So as always, before we go, guess what I like to do? I like to pray each and every one of you enough. I want to pray you enough sunshine to brighten your rainy days. I also want to pray you enough rain to make your gardens grow beautifully. I want to pray you enough smiles to turn that frown you've been carrying around upside down. But most of all, I want to pray you enough strength and courage to face whatever may be knocking at your door or coming your way from this very moment and beyond. And just remember, 202-618-2556. Thank you so much for being here, and today I'm looking, and I always like to see all the zip codes. We have people on the line from the East Coast to the West Coast. 
today. And that's just in the United States alone. We also have people listening throughout various players throughout the world. When I die, I'm going to die empty. Because I have given so much. I have poured into all areas of the earth. There are some places, I don't even know where that place is. They didn't teach us about that when I was in school. But people can hear us. And they're listening. And they're sending their words of thanks and encouragement. You're not alone. I need you to, if the last thing that you remember today, I want you to remember these words that you are not alone. But in order for us to know that you're there and you need help, I need you to extend your hand. And guess what? We'll be there to grab on. Our journey may not be a pretty one, but guess what? We won't be walking it alone. So until next week, and remember, next week, our topic is generational hurt. Generational hurt. Not just through families, through life itself. Because as Brenda stated earlier, our means are slightly different, but our end is the same. We're all here trying to heal through our hurts. And that's what healing through hurt is all about. So for all of my friends, Simon from the UK and Brenda and myself, continue to pay it and pray it forward. If you need us, we're just a phone call, a text message or an email, or whatever you like, away. Check out our website. Send us a message. Get involved. I want to know what's on your mind. I'm here, and I'm listening. I'm not just hearing you speak or hearing voices. I'm not just skimming over words that you text to me or send to me. I'm actually reading and comprehending, and I'm listening. Let's show the world that we can come together. As human beings, and we will take care of each other. No matter what the powers that be are doing, and no matter what their modus operandi is, or if they're planning on tearing us apart, let's be strong together and work through this. Even if all we have is this small little talk show that's heard all over the world by millions of people, so be it. Let's keep the human spirit going. So until next time, be well, be blessed. We started with Tori Lee's good music because I wanted it to be very upbeat this week. And we're going to end that way. So thank you for being here. Sis, love you. Simon, hugs. Uh, All of the guests over in the chat room, some have gone. Guest number three, thanks for sticking it out. Uh, To our guests over here, those of you who are still popping on, we'll be back at 8 a.m. next Sunday, same time for the Sunday Morning Inspiration. I am your host, C. Maria Wall, bidding you a wonderful, beautiful, awesome day. I'm going to try to get out here and run out to the store and get some food in the house. I'm going to try to see if I can eat now. I still don't really have any taste. It's coming back slowly, but... um, Lord willing, I'll still be on the men's, and I'll be back to 100% next week. So until next time, be well, be blessed. We will see you soon. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Did I say wonderful? Have a wonderful day and week. See you soon.
so good when I'm hurt. Takes my mind off of the pain. Love when the beat takes me away with only good music. Oh. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.